coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss telling Celebrite from wrong, Celebrite v. Signal, the sequel. Next up, keep your finger on the pulse of RCEs, and of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 83, recorded on April 26th, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. I lend in the pun label. With me, co-host Chad, pun drunk, Anderson. And last, but not least, Tim, pun DMC Helming. Welcome, you two. Greetings. Hello, hello. Pun DMC, huh? (laughs) I like that one. We did 80s, t- uh, 80s TV shows last week, so why not 80s music this week? Yeah, I wish I would have I just gone generic rap game. I could have been Big Pun, but yeah. <laughs> oh, or Lil Pun. We could have had both, actually. <laughs> yeah. Lil Pun. Yeah, I mean, everybody's either Big This or a Little Dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's best to come with a size designator so people know what they're getting into. That's true. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And maybe it's even starting to be required. It could be that certain record companies, you know, uh, insist on that. Yeah. I think the same thing could be said for all types of music. It's like the the use of the band and the band. Like, we know there's a band. Do we need to say it? I mean. I think think actually there, there should be a national tour by the artists Little Big Little and Big Little Big. And the band. And the band. (laughs) Why not? Yeah, and the band. Don't forget the band. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you all for sticking with us last week as Tim MacGyvered the bejesus out of the audio. We're coming to you from the 21st century. Um, the year's 2021, and we've got the tech to prove it. So thank you again for sticking with us. And per usual, we've got two articles to get into today, and of course, two truths and a lie. So let's start off with telling Celebrite from wrong. So after the cell phone hacking company Celebrite said it had figured out a way to access the secure messaging app Signal, Signal returned the favor, and um, they found some exploits and vulnerabilities in Celebrite UFED. So, I mean, I, I, I have to say that every time I say sell bright or read it, I think of those, those like uh, old games growing up, the light brights, what were those called? Well, light brights. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, exactly that was, that was right. Light game. bright. It wasn't a game. It was just, it was a thing that I wanted for sure. You know, <laughs> light bright, making pictures with light. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Got the song. I thought they were awesome. But uh, yeah, I probably heard the jingle 10,000 times. 10,000 times. Okay, so Chad, I just gave this quick summary, but there's there's a lot more that's to this story. So what can you tell our audience about encrypted apps and the relationship between these you know, encrypted communication apps, large corporations, and government entities? Yeah, so I mean, they're going to kind of naturally be at odds, right? But to better understand... The history, I guess, of Signal um, and kind of that whole uh, bit of movement, I guess, 
Um, we got to look back to the cypherpunks and the crypto anarchists, right? There's this uh, group that was, you know, used to be much more prominent in like older hacker culture um, of people that believed encryption was a tool for keeping uh, oppressive governments, organizations in check, and that essentially encrypting everything would be the best way to ensure our privacy couldn't be taken from us. And there's still a, a good cadre of people that do this, but like the, uh, um, I guess the hacker uh, culture is not as... Um, you know, united behind it as maybe it once felt like it was like there was a height of the crypto horse um, that uh, the used to be a thing, but and not so much anymore. Anyways, Moxie Marlin Spike, um, CTO of Signal, he's one of the people that comes out of that. Um, so he comes from that background and ethos, that distrust of these, um, you know, government entities of these groups to be able to handle our data. And, you know, that's what Signal is. It's about making everything encrypted in transit. Um, and the ratcheting algorithm that it used makes it near impossible to, um, you know, even with large amounts of compute time, decrypt an entirety of someone's conversation. So, um, yeah, it used to be a lot more punks and uh, stuff in that culture. And uh, that natural tension with government entities was, of course, there, anything with authority. Um, and, yeah, these uh, encrypted communications channels are, um, you know, an attempts to keep that whole uh, cypherpunk kind of thing going. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing that, Chad. I wasn't familiar with that background. That was great to hear about. Um, and I'm curious just for a little bit more background on the, the other side of the table, if you will, what, what is this quote unquote digital intelligence company, which is Cellbrite, And I mean, what do they do? Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they make a number of products, but the, the one that the, is in question here, their Cellbrite thing is a, um, it's basically a tool uh, it's got a ton of dongles. You're going to connect it to any type of phone. Um, and it does, it, it's essentially a proxy to um, what would be like the Android debugger, commonly called ADB for Android phones, like to do an ADB backup um, and what, you know, you do with a uh, iPhone backup with iTunes. Um, so it's, it's kind of just a proxy for that. And then a way of sorting all those files for um, evidence later. Uh, so, you know, they claimed that they'd hacked Signal. When in fact, the real deal here is that um, they had physical access to a device um, and just siphoned the data out of out of memory with this tool. Um, and that, that's something, you know, that uh, like Moxie came out and spoke about a little bit later, right? Is that um, anytime that you, someone has physical access to your device, they're going to have access to all your messages on it, particularly if the device is unlocked. So that's not really hacking. That's, you know, basically just uh, taking the data that was already there. Like the whole purpose behind Signal is messages in transit um, to need to be encrypted. So if they were able to crack, you know, the um, ratcheting algorithm that's used to uh, secure messages um, in transit with Signal, uh, that would be interesting. But they didn't do that. What they did is they basically made a backup of the phone and they wrote a little thing that was able to read the files. Um, so when they say that, uh, you know, they had a, of vulnerability here. Um, there wasn't one really. Uh, they just added support for a file format um, and they run a backup uh, just like anyone else would. Uh, and that's that's basically it. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, uh, the very different meaning to them, that word vulnerability, it's, it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah. So, you know, now as, you know, Signal responded, obviously publicly to this communication shared by Celebrate, and what did they have to say about all this? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Moxie and the Signal team um, said as such that this, you know, wasn't a vulnerability. That's how phones work. That's how, you know, anything that's encrypted um, on a device 
works if the key's in memory and you have physical access to the thing um you're going to be able to read what's there there's certainly elaborate schemes to try and get around that but for the most part uh digital forensics 101 right is you catch the guy with his device unlocked and his laptop unlocked um so that you can siphon all the data off of it that's that's always the move because the keys are going to be in memory so um you know they Moxie and team uh, responded like that and uh, kind of talked a little bit about, too, how Celebrite um, and their tools, uh, they support, well, they sell, rather, to oppressive regimes, um, people who are targeting journalists, um, all sorts of things. So they, they aren't particularly well at vetting who their customers are. I think that's how a lot of people feel. You know, Celebrite makes some good tools that people in the defer world um you know, a lot of people use it for that kind of mobile analysis, um, but uh, they aren't really gating who they sell it to. And that was kind of what Moxie and them spoke about in their blog post uh, in a response is that uh, this just doesn't really seem like a great company. Do they ever do analysis mobily of mobiles? Mm. That's, that's a lot of mobility. Yeah, yeah, they're like those things that hang above uh, kids' cribs. Um, exactly. One of those can a bunch suggest, of... Yeah. Yeah. Simple mobile, but it's in a car. <laughs> yeah, I think you could Salted. probably sell something to like some app developers um, that's just like a mobile of mobile phones. Though I guess like if one of those falls, that's like a serious injury on a child. So maybe not the meta mobile. Yeah. Mobiles. Mobiles all yeah. the way down. And only sell it in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they can mount it on an Oldsmobile. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, an Oldsmobile mobile home with a mobile made of mobile phones. In Mobile. In Mobile, Alabama. In Mobile, Alabama. Somebody's got to do it. (laughs) Heard it here first. Road trip. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, it really sounds like Signal got their revenge by then returning this, um, what, what, you know, is actually a vulnerability and exploiting one and celebrates you fed um, and physical analyzer. So can you walk us through this and how exactly, you know, the signal came across this vulnerability? Yeah. So basically, and and if you're listening to this and haven't read the blog post from signal yet, you really should because it's, I can't do it justice and it's so biting. Um, But uh, Moxie starts out the blog post by saying that um, he just magically found a Celebrite device that had miraculously fallen off of a truck, um, which is a great start to anything. (laughs) Uh, And then they went ahead and did some fuzzing and found that uh, when it parses uh, files on the uh, machine, that you can uh, exploit some ways in which the Celebrite software works to run arbitrary code on the Celebrate device. And because of how poor their security is, they have libraries they haven't updated since 2013, like FFmpeg, which is a huge library for processing, you know, uh, any sort of digital media files. Um, Lots of vulnerabilities in it since then. Um, Super easy to exploit. uh, And that's, you know, the case is that they're using libraries so old that Moxie is basically able to run um, whatever code he wanted on the Celebrite device. Um, so he's crafted some files then um, that whenever get read will destroy the data integrity basically of Celebrite backups is, um, you know, kind of uh, the threat that he made at the end. Um, of course, you know, I think he's probably not going to add that into Signal or, or drop an app that does that because that's a good way to uh, find some legal troubles for you. Um, but, uh, you know, it does call into question a lot of things. Yeah, and that's really my final question for you, uh, open-ended here at the end, which is what does this all mean? 
and is do you think Cigna will make any changes maybe slightly uh less blunt than what you just described in their app <laughs> yeah i mean they they're probably scrambling looking for um the vulnerabilities you know right now i would guess um but, uh, you know, I, just calling out the FFmpeg library alone is probably going to make it pretty easy for them, which was kind of uh, moxie to do. But what this really does is uh, it brings into question a lot of court rulings that would have used um, Celebrate uh, for evidence, um, particularly any that are, you know, coming up recently. Uh, any good lawyer is going to use this as a way to try and get um, siphoned messages off of a phone, um, you know, thrown out. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see like how this affects um, a bunch of court cases that are in progress. Um, so yeah, it is, it's just interesting all around. Um, Signal, you know, it, Moxie joked that, like I said, that he was going to throw some files into Signal that may or may not like accidentally ruin some surveillance devices. Uh, but like I said, it's, it doesn't make sense for him to put the Signal Foundation at risk um, to uh, have it destroy a bunch of backups on these Celebrite machines, maybe just figuring out a way to uh, make it so they can't process signals format files or something. Hmm. Yeah. So interesting. And uh, per usual, I feel like over the last few weeks, the, what we call the hoodie ratings, right? Which is a ranking between zero and 10 cliched hackers to, to solve a problem. How many will it take 10 being a lot? This is very bad. And zero being uh, nothing to be concerned about no help needed. Um, I feel like these have been super murky lately. And I think this, this one certainly falls under that category, but Tim, how would you rate? Let's, let's focus on, um, the story as a whole. So the, the quote unquote initial vulnerability as Celebrite claimed it was, and then signals, um, retort, if you will. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just to, to celebrate, uh, I call this zero hoodies because I just want to, that's what I want to, that's the message I want to convey to them. This is a zero hoodie event. So, you know, if, uh, if they really got Moxie mad at them, um, there could be all kinds of multi hoodie events for celebrate, but not for the rest of us. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going, put me down for zero. That's kind of like the ultimate jab like your vulnerabilities with zero i hope so (laughs) i love it chad what do you think i'm taking it further we're going into the negative hoodies this is negative 10 hoodies because suck (laughs) (laughs) i love it it's not goodies it's just negative hoodies that's pretty good they're dark dark matter yeah yeah Yeah, 10 dark matter hoodies (laughs) it's like transitions into pants yeah 10 out of 10 pants oh my gosh shoot well let's let's transition here into our second article chad thanks for all that back backstory there and giving us an update of what's happening in the world of signal and sell bright um but next up is keep your fingers on the pulse of rces so uh cve 2021 i know you'll all remember that allows uh, RCE or remote code execution and is being used in the wild by nation state cyber attackers to compromise VPN appliances and defense, finance and government orgs. And I know I just shared so much already in that summary, but getting right into it, Tim, what what is it that we know so far about this zero day vulnerability? Well, 
Uh, actually, Kelsey, your intro was a very good summary of what we know, but to go in a little deeper on it, uh, Ivanti Research, as well as Mandiant, found that the vulnerability was being exploited to give malicious actors administrator level access to these VPN devices. And if you can get into a VPN endpoint, then you are inside a protected environment, which is obviously a bad thing. Capital B, capital T. <laughs> For sure. It's not good. And, you know, for the level of capital B, capital T, bad things, um, I believe this was rated at an impact of 10 out of 10 CVSS vulnerability. Yeah, um, so so there's a highlight of your, or a preview of the hoodie rating, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, a we'll bit see. Of a spoiler alert. Suspense. I just spoiled all, I think we're just done with this article. I gave it all away in the summary, and then I we just did the hoodie ratings. We didn't even know it. <laughs> cool. On to two truths and a lie, then, huh? Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, do you have a like a toilet flush sound cued? Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm currently living with my in-laws, and I would be very curious to see that interaction of them walking into the bathroom with my all of my podcasting equipment and just flushing a toilet and having the mic. <laughs> I mean, you got to get over. the sound uh, just right. You know, it can't be any, mm -hmm. it can't be any John. You got to, you got to find one that's got a good swirl to it. A good swirl. And it can't and then, be one of those cheap plastic boxes that you can get at the trick and puzzle shop that just, you know, has 10 <laughs> buttons on it with 10 different sounds, including yeah. that. Those, the fidelity is not good. A true audio engineer would go for the, the crisp, lossless recording of a, <laughs> of a home, John. Well, you know, if it's an inner, or a water-saving one, I'd do the, the larger button, too. Like, I would really commit to the team. I used to be afraid of the toilets in public buildings because some of them have that flush that basically, you know, that's what I would imagine the sound was when the uh, Star Destroyers ejected the garbage into space. I mean, it's just a shockingly <laughs> explosive kind of sound. And, you know, you could never know for sure if it was one of those, but it was it was scary. I, I'm still a little bit afraid of them. <laughs> the one thing that has been good for COVID for you is probably not having to deal with that fear as much. True. That's a good point. Silver line. He's back into it, Tim, once you're vaccinated. <laughs> Don't go too hard. Be thoughtful of your nervous system around those public toilets. That's right. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so, I, I mean, one other, speaking of COVID, another piece of this puzzle is, of course, VPNs, COVID-19, seems like a sort of terrible intersection there. So can you speak a little bit more about the impact of this level of bad thing yeah. during COVID-19? Yeah, so uh, let me talk for a second about VPN appliances because VPNs have become so ubiquitous and it's not just for remote work, but because so many people use them for privacy and other purposes. But these appliances are hardware or virtual machines that sit on the edge of an organization's protected environment and support connections from authorized and authenticated users into that environment. The user typically has a client application, although uh, sometimes these can just run in the browser, but they use that to log into the VPN appliance. And once the connection's accepted, they have an encrypted connection called a tunnel. And from a networking standpoint, it's basically identical to being on a LAN in an office. So if you imagine an intruder waltzing into an office and they typically do waltz, uh, though uh, more and more of them are deploying the Foxtrot and even the Tango these days. But <laughs> waltzing into the uh, the protected uh, into an office and plugging a laptop into the corporate LAN, that would be extremely scary, right? 
I mean, especially if they're as poor a dancer as I am. But anyway, this RCE grants them that same level of access. It's kind of, it's extra funny to imagine an intruder waltzing in, but unless they have support, they're, they're waltzing alone. They're fox trotting solo. Hmm. That's a good point. But they, you know, they might, they might operate in pairs. It's entirely possible. <laughs> That's the reasoning right there. It's hard to dance in and out of a, an intimidating situation without your, your waltzing partner, you know? Oh gosh. Well, Hey, thanks for, for covering that. And it sounds like, you know, threat actors have taken advantage of this exploit in the wild. So do we know anything about the victimology or the result of these exploits? Yeah. So according to the research, it's U.S. defense, finance, and governmental organizations, as well as uh, various organizations in Europe. But actually, Mandiant said that aerospace companies in those regions and also Asia uh, have been hit. So certainly these are all high value targets. Bob's muffler shop is probably not going to be hit here unless it's a front for the CIA, which is always possible given how crappy they are at mufflers. Anyway, uh, it's the sort of targeting that we typically see from APT groups. Tim, I have to know, because I feel like Bob's muffler has come up a few times. Do you, do you have a Bob's muffler in your locale? Do you have a vendetta uh, against Bob? <laughs> no, you know, I think uh, usually I think when I bring up Bob's muffler shop, it's just like, you know, they're a small outfit. They, uh, they, we use them as the universal stand-in for small businesses. There was there was a place uh, in Ballard called Bob's Exhaust Specialties, and they were fine. I don't think they were a front for the CIA because they did pretty good work. But uh, um, exhausting. yeah, so it's close. It 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 was. It was hard to keep up. <laughs> cool. I wasn't sure if you were like slowly trying to paint a target on Bob's back, and I wanted to know if there was a backstory or some sort of vendetta. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. No, actually, if you're a listener <laughs> here and you, you, you own or know of a, a Bob's muffler shop, no, uh, we mean no disrespect unless it's a really bad muffler shop, in which case it might be a front for the CIA. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, are, is there any sense of who might be using these exploits? Then we sort of have a, a very general sense of who's been victimized, but who's on the attack. Yeah, so Mandiant is going pretty strongly with China in their attribution, and two of their UNC, or UNC groups, which is uncategorized, um, 2630 and 2717, those are the ones that they see as most likely for this. And these are both activity groups that Mandiant ties to the Chinese government. They saw this group, uh, UNC 2630, actively har harvesting credentials from Pulse Secure login flows, and 2630 is a group that they had seen last summer targeting American defense companies. They also think that uh, UNC 2630 may have ties to APT5, which is definitely Chinese, um, or as definite as these things ever get, right? Uh, and they base their attribution on a combination of infrastructure, tooling, and on-network behavior, as well as the victimology. Now, the attribution to this other UNC group, 2717, as well as really their characterization of that group in general are a little bit more tenuous and they they are quick to say that in their own reporting well what i'd love to end on tim after your your great description here is what should organizations be doing to remediate or see if they've been impacted by this vulnerability 
Well, to begin with, unfortunately, we can't tell them to patch the VPN servers yet because the patch is not out as of today. Uh, it's be estimated for the first week in May or so. So that's about a week from when we're recording this. So um, if you're, whenever you're hearing the podcast, you should patch if it's available. Um, but in the meantime, the really urgent thing to do is change Active Directory credentials because it's entirely likely that the actors are just moving freely around the protected environment using existing user credentials. Um, there are some other things they can do, all of which take a lot of work on the part of the network security team, but there's not really any avoiding that. So assuming that Pulse Secure supports it, um, they could consider immediately enabling two-factor authentication for critical resources that are inside the network. Um, and this is important to note, the vulnerability is able to bypass two-factor auth for the Pulse Secure device itself. So what I'm talking about here is another layer of authentication for users that already have VPN access. It's a pain, but it'll help. Um, for work from home employees, they could restrict access to the VPN server to those IP addresses that are known to belong to legitimate employees. But this is this is a tricky one. Um, a lot of residential IPs or ISPs rotate the IP addresses of their users. So there's a there's some whack-a-mole that you have to do if you're relying on that. It is another step that could help tighten security and they might pick and choose, you know, certain uh, certain users who may have like business level accounts with uh, steady IP addresses and who are ones that you really want to protect, that would be another uh, another step they could take. And then there's another option that's also a lot of work, um, but they could switch to a different VPN appliance. Uh, there are a lot of vendors making those. And for a company with thousands of employees, that's a huge lift. But unfortunately, really any of the mitigations that we're talking about here other than patching are going to be significant efforts. The password resets for Active Directory creds are probably the least work. But as long as this vulnerability is unpatched, the actors can use the same methodology that they've been using to steal the new creds also. So this um, changing credentials would slow them down, but it would not stop them all the way. So you could say that there's not yet light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, no, there is not, unfortunately. I hope that changes quickly. Oh, gosh. Well, Tim, thank you so much for diving into that. And Chad, I'd love to pick your brain here on the hoodie ratings. How how bad is this? That's, that's an 11 out of 10 hoodies. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wrapped up crying in, in my hoodie in the corner. Um, you know, this is, this is pretty bad all around that there isn't, um, well, uh, backpedal a little bit first, you know, um, <laughs> VPNs are, are like, you know, we've talked about implicit trust with like supply chain compromises before people implicitly trust, uh, or the VPN rather is typically implicitly trusted. You are immediately given access into, um, the soft GUI center of the organization's uh, network. And depending upon, um, you know, if there are good network practices with uh, network segmentation and what's not, uh, this can be mitigated, but it's a great way into um, a company's network for an attacker. And, and, you know, the fact is most places um, will not, um, you know, be locked down enough to, uh, you know, keep someone from laterally moving from the end of the VPN onto something else. So uh, there's 
there's that whole issue. Um, and in the case that there's no, you know, patch for this, there's a workaround that's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, uh, you know, it's like, it's just rough all around for defenders, um, on this one. So, uh, when that patch comes out, it'll hopefully be a little bit easier. Um, my big recommendation to people though, is that, you know, VPNs suck. Um, it's it's time to move into some sort of zero trust architecture if you can um and to you know not make it so that you just have all these people connecting back to your office um with their machines application should be exposed for them um you know directly to the internet and secured properly um instead of you know just allowing this vpn into uh yeah the soft we center your network and then acting like uh you know it doesn't need to be as uh secure internally you know if if you're allowing people in um over the vpn uh then you should have just those same uh security that you would on those applications that are being served up over the vpn but just on the internet uh that's the way i feel about it but um you know monitor and track those things that's a lot to talk about sorry i'm very passionate about vpns I dumb. didn't know this about you. <laughs> this is fascinating yeah. to me. Well, I yeah. love the... Um, right that, secure apps. That's what I like to do. <laughs> I love that you started with your first hoodie rating of a negative 10 and now... Negative 10. Wow. Negative 10 and now you're at an 11. So these are two <laughs> opposing sides. They're very polarizing for you today. Um, mm. <laughs> Tim, what do you think? You know, I cannot disagree with... Uh, Chad on this plus you know I just like the cut of his jib in general so I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same I'm gonna say this one goes to 11 uh, it's a horrible <laughs> vulnerability um, and the mitigations are challenging and I also agree that changing to a zero trust model especially because you know all most of those key services are uh, in the cloud or um, or at least can be exposed in a very um, uh, measured way. Um, it's that's the right way to go. But you know that, like like the other possible mitigations for this, is that's just a huge amount of work. So um, it's a it's really a lousy day um, in these. Uh, if you're working in the security departments of anybody that either has been hit by this or is likely to be hit by it. Um, 11 out of 10. As you said, turn it up to 11. Was that Vinyl, vinyl Tap? That's the name of the record shop that I want to open. It's, that's from Spinal Tap. Is that right? That is correct. <laughs> Tim Chin, our CEO, would be so proud. I know he loves that movie. Um, all right. Well, thank you both so much. Let's move into Two Truths and a Lie for the week. And for our new listeners tuning in, um, this is like a... Uh, twist on the classic game of two truths and a lie rather than one of us sharing facts and lies about ourselves instead we come up with three article titles two of which are true and one of which is a lie so i believe chad is up this week to serve us truth and deception mm. yeah all lies all are you ready lies <laughs> let's do two, it two lies and a bigger lie <laughs> yeah two lies and a bigger lie from the people <laughs> who brought you <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Chad. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, number one, supply chain attack on password manager leaves many scrambling to change passwords. Number two, Emotet deletion day comes and goes, leaving a reduction in Emotet bots. 
And number three, supply chain intrusions now top compromise list for money lost to hacking in the enterprise. This is just all depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have some happy truths and lies next week. If you're lying in bed, can you ever tell the truth? Um, <laughs> it's an important uh, philosophical question I hadn't considered. Wow. I'm floored. I'm floored. Well done. Um, did you just come up with that in the moment, Chad? I've never heard you say that before. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, that is a very, very old, like, um, you know, like, uh, it's kind of like just stuff stoners say, you know, it's kind of like kind of something I probably heard in college once. And it comes right after like, oh, dude. It, it comes right after what happens if you're going the speed of light and you turn the headlights on. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the bong bubbling in the background when you say that. <laughs> oh my God. All right, I'm going to go. I think number three is a lie. That's my, that's the one I think is untrue. I am going to go with that as well. I heard of at least one of the other stories actually uh, over the past few days. So I know that, um, and I don't know, I guess I could say which one. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm also going with number three. And part of my reasoning here is just, that I don't want it, that to be true. <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that supply chain is the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, cause of financial losses. It's it's probably working its way up there. And when, by the way, when we, if we ever do, um, know more about the extent of just solar winds, to say nothing of some of the other ones, that might actually turn out to be true. But I'm going with that's a lie for now. Mm. Well, you guys. Um will uh not be surprised um that is correct uh, <laughs> oh i'm relieved <laughs> yeah victory is ours tim yeah. it's sweet but short-lived no doubt short and yeah. sweet yep <laughs> yay it's one of the bad things isn't true but the other two are they're just slightly oh less bad <laughs> oh gosh well i just want to thank you both for doing this again this week every week i'm like this is when they'll wake up and say i can't do it i can't take the puns anymore it's over, it's over. we made it we made it yeah. another week one one more time pun more pun time. i'll give more you time. one more week <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh you two are the best we just given the uh the discussion that we just had about the stoner philosophy would we say that we're pun toke over the line <laughs> oh, God. yeah that's good, that's good. <laughs> it's really not it's terrible in fact <laughs> that's what makes it good grown ability 100 percent yeah they haven't invented a vaccine for these yet so <laughs> we're still waiting on those and it's contagious yeah <laughs> it's very contagious <laughs> Alrighty, YouTube. Well, we'll see you, both of you, and we'll see you, audience, back for episode 84 next week. We hope you have a wonderful and hopefully sunny week, and we'll see you then. I can't believe you didn't say ponderful, but I'm glad you didn't. <laughs>
What what about uh, Don't Drink and Click? Are we encouraging that this week? Yeah. I mean. Okay. I mean, there comes a point where why not, you know? Yeah. (laughs) If you have a Pulse Secure VPN, I mean, drink and click, whatever you need. (laughs) (laughs) That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.